friends, welcome to the Restoration Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Smith, and I am so excited that you're here. I am even more excited to bring you today's guest. Not only did I have a chance to sit down with her and hear her restoration experience for the podcast, but she is my real life best friend. And so I've had a front row seat to watching all that God is doing in her life. And I can't wait for you to meet her. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Would you take a minute and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. Hey, Colleen. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for this podcast and all of the other restoration experience things that you've got going on. And yeah, uh, my name is Sarah, like Colleen said, and I live here in Baltimore. Actually, Colleen and I are neighbors, so that's awesome. It's really fun. And I work at the Daily Grace Co. in their warehouse, which is a whole nother story in it of itself because I never expected to be working in a warehouse. But that's I love the job. I love the company. They're they're great to work for. And I met Colleen about five years ago. I started volunteering with Jem about five years ago uh, with my church, and then through volunteering and getting to know the city more. Uh, God really broke my heart for what was going on and uh, to really, I was really wanting to get more involved. So I, I started volunteering once a week and just really love all the things that Colleen's got going on in the city and the neighborhood with the kids and just really felt called to be here. Yeah, God has done some incredible work in your life over the past five years. And because you're my best friend, I have gotten to have a front row seat to it. And I'm so proud of all the hard work that you've done. So I have said this before, and I will probably say it on every episode, but I believe when you accept the Lord into your life, like you really are setting yourself up for a restoration experience. You're really saying like, I want to shed the shame that the world pins on me and run hard and fast and boldly into the freedom, grace, redemption, and victory that he has for you. And I think as women, we carry a lot of shame. And I know that you've done some really hard work in your own story. So when you hear the word restoration experience, what does that mean for you, your story, your heart, your life? Yeah. So when I think of restoration experience, I think of God really working in your heart and changing it and making it new, making it whole again similar to like when you're restoring a antique piece of furniture, you know, you shine it up, you make it new, you make it function, but it doesn't change the the structure of it or the function of it, but you just are making it whole. So you're making it better than it was before. And so, yeah, I just think that God, God is always working in our hearts to, to make it more like him and more like what he wants us to be and who he calls us to be. Can you tell which one of us is the crafter? Because it is definitely not me. Um, I like to watch Sarah craft. Um, So when I chose the logo for the restoration experience, I chose a pinwheel because I believe that a pinwheel really never stops spinning. Like maybe the wind stops blowing and it slows down and maybe it stops for a brief second, but it's always somehow spinning or moving. And I believe that we're always in the middle of some sort of freedom, grace, redemption, victory, restoration in our life. So how have you seen 
um, God restore your life? Like, what is your restoration experience story? And maybe like you're in the middle of it. Maybe you're in the beginning. Maybe you're in the end. Maybe you've had a million of them. But what like has restoration looked like in your life? Yeah, so I think before hearing like your definition of restoration experience and the the example of the pinwheel i probably would have said well yeah i have i've like gone through that before but uh not fully understanding that like god is continuing to use that and so i think even just this past year god has been restoring my heart and in my relationship with my family so when i was in high school my parents separated and long story short found out later on that my dad had cheated on my mom with my uh, my mom's best friend and there was just a lot of hurt a lot of pain a lot of anger in that and i you know in college i did a lot of work to to forgive my dad and to restore a relationship with him but it wasn't until probably the last year and a half that i realized the the rest the restoration that I needed to experience with my mom and how our relationship was affected because of the, the circumstances that happened when I was in high school. So when you were in college and you were working through that forgiveness of your father, like, do you feel like in that moment you were free and you were experiencing like restoration or it started then and you've had to work hard up until now? to experience that because i shared last week on my podcast and i've shared um at our virtual pajama party like i feel like i experienced my restoration experience but it wasn't until this year after many years of hard work that i was able to actually really forgive my father for the the horrible things that he did and that's when i realized like i'm truly set free from this Hmm. Yeah, I think that it definitely started in college. It was it was a lot of a lot of hard work. I said I woke up every day and had to say I forgive my dad. I forgive my dad. And now it is it comes up randomly. It sneaks up. The the times are fewer and further between that I feel that anger, that hurt or that pain uh from my from the past. And I still have to wake up when I feel that or when I when I'm experiencing that, like to say I forgive my dad and like not being not sitting in that anger, not that that anger isn't okay, but that the what it's doing to the relationship with my dad, I realized if I wanted to have a relationship with my dad, I couldn't hold over him the anger and the things that he's done in the past. God doesn't do that for us. And and so I want to experience, I want to give that to, to my dad as well. And I do want to have a relationship with him. I think it's interesting, right? When we think of anger, like we think we're not allowed to feel it. Like God doesn't want us to be angry, but what I've learned in counseling and, and I think it's okay to say like you're in counseling too. And what yes. you've probably learned in counseling is that God actually wants us to feel emotion. Mm-hmm. Does he want us to live in anger and sadness and all the negative emotions that we're told that we're not allowed to feel no but i think there's some freedom in being able to feel angry to feel sad to feel frustrated to feel disappointed and like what 
we do with that really speaks volumes, I think, to where we are. So have you experienced freedom, that same freedom with your mom? Yes. So my, my relationship with my mom was a little different. I didn't realize until when I started counseling this last year and a half that I was actually like my emotional support, emotional support for my mom. And I didn't realize how much weight and pressure I had was putting on my, on myself to please my mom. So I am, and like, yeah, so I think there is that forgiveness in there of like, well, why did you put me in that situation? Why were you like relying on me so much when I was not meant to be that and so young? It sounds like that you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like that you've had to do a lot of boundaries work in your story. Oh, yes. Lots How of does it feel to have boundaries? Um, it is good and it is hard. Um, a friend reminded me a couple of weeks ago of a, a scripture that says a man without self-control is like a room without walls. And I've definitely felt that in the past, bouncing around between parents, trying to make everybody happy, bouncing around friends, trying to make everybody happy, trying to displease everybody and never, like, I don't want anyone to be upset with me. Yeah. And so putting up boundaries really does like help me to not feel that pressure be like it's okay if they're upset with me it's okay that they're not happy all the time with me if you're familiar with the enneagram sarah is a true enneagram seven she does not <laughs> like to feel um so how have you experienced so it sounds like you have like experienced freedom through forgiveness and boundaries mm -hmm. which is so good and so hard i mean i also struggle with boundaries. I actually was sharing with someone earlier that sometimes you have to learn that you can meddle in someone else's burdens, but you can't take them on. And mm. as an Enneagram too, I want to take all the burdens. So I've had to learn a lot about boundaries too. Where have you seen grace in your story? Because it sounds like not only have you had to give your mom grace, your dad grace, yeah. but you've also had to give yourself grace. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think being able to, yeah, give my parents grace that they're not perfect. They're not going to live up to the standard that I had in my head of what parents are supposed to be. Even, even as an adult, you know, when you're a kid, you have this, you have one view. And then as you grow up, you start seeing those things. But even as an adult, I think like, you're not supposed to do this to me. Like, or you're not supposed to manipulate me this way. <laughs> I didn't think. Um, and so giving them grace in that and being like, like, yeah, that's not okay, but like, you're still human and you're still gonna, you're still gonna mess up. And then for myself, I would say, I am trying to give myself grace in that like, I'm not, I don't have to please everybody all the time. I am going to mess up myself and also it's okay to still hurt and be, and feel the pain of the experience that I had when I was a teenager. So we won't share your age, but we will say <laughs> that it has been some time since all of this has happened. Yes. So do you, and you still probably sometimes feel feelings. How do you reconcile that? Like, I think we're so often told that, oh, well that happened 10 years ago, you should be over it. Or that happened 
five years ago. You should be over it. But things like this, you don't just get over them. Like it takes a lot of work and you're, you know, well into your adulthood. Like you're navigating life. You're living your adult life separated from your parents. But what does it look like when you are feeling the effects of something that happened so long ago? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I know. And I was getting really upset and angry in my counseling appointment a few weeks ago. I said, why is this so hard still? I don't want to be feeling this way. I feel like I've dealt with all of this already. But the reality is that it is a deep rooted issue. It is deeply seated in my heart and God is still going to work on, going to work through that. And that's okay. And she said, but she said to me, but is this, pain you're experiencing is it as often as it was and i said no and she's like see so like it's getting further and further apart and so i still yes it's still gonna be there there's still that that trauma or that hurt but it is becoming less and less of an occurrence and i think there's probably going to be new pain and new hurt later on down in life if i get married if i have kids like just reconciling all of that, but being able to say like, this is part of the restoration experience. This is part of that ever turning pinwheel of freedom and grace and redemption and victory. So in your story, where have you, well, before I ask you this question, what do you think uh, is some shame that you might've carried from this into your adulthood? That's a hard question, right? <laughs> to identify the shame that we carry because yeah. nobody wants to be like, oh, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I, you know, I never felt that my parents' divorce was my fault. Like, I know they say that a lot of times with kids when their parents are divorced, like they think they did something wrong. But I, I never felt that way. But I did feel a strong responsibility to bring my parents together and to help them in the relationship. And so I felt a lot of shame that like I couldn't do that or that I wasn't um, good enough to do that. And even with my dad leaving, I felt abandoned from him. So I also felt shame in that I wasn't a good enough daughter for him to stay or, or that I wasn't worthy of his love. And so like feeling that shame. Yeah. So then you've identified your freedom, you've identified your grace, you've identified your shame. Where have you seen redemption in your story? Yes. So I've seen, because of boundaries, I've seen a relationship restored with my dad and with my stepmom. He married the woman he cheated with. And so that was that was really hard too, because there was a lot of forgiveness that needed to be had with her. And, you know, thinking if I want a relationship with my dad, then she's a part of his life. So I, I'm going to have a relationship with her as well. So forgiving that and being able to have, yeah, relationships with both of them that are, that are healthy and, and with my mom as well. So I've seen a lot of redemption in that. And then as well with my other friendships, other relationships that I have, being able to have healthy boundaries and relationships with my friends too. So I'm going to ask you a personal question that might bring up some emotion, <laughs> but that's what we do here, right? It's okay. Yep. Um, how, before we get to the victory part, because this actually might be tied into where you see victory or where you hope to see victory. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> for me, in my story, 
I carried a lot of what my dad did to me and the things that he said to me into my adulthood, into my relationships, into my dating life, into my everything. So for you as a single woman who's dating, do you feel that the effect of your parents' divorce, your dad's infidelity, like has affected your relationship, your desire to date, your the way you view dating or marriage? And like, what does that do for you? And where do you see the redemption and victory in that part of your story? Oh, yeah, that is a that is a tough question, Colleen. <laughs> I'll get you on that. Uh, I'll give you that. But I, I definitely struggle with the idea that I have to find somebody perfect, which we all know that doesn't exist either. But somebody I'm just doing the whole self-preservation thing where I'm like trying to find somebody that is going to match up perfectly 100% or like check all the checkpoints off before I even go on a date with them. That is impossible. It's a good thing you have me to help you when you're dating. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Colleen has sent a few messages for me on my dating profile and that has been a huge step in an experience and like yeah like you said perfectly ties into that victory Mm -hmm. of being able to be free and and victorious from like knowing that i am not my parents and my relationship is not going to look the way that theirs did and because of that i am not going to have you know that that same experience in my marriage and so Mm -hmm. yeah walking in that victory and knowing knowing that is is huge for me i think yeah i think too like we i think i can say we we have a little um thing that we call the cheer squad and it's (laughs) sarah myself and another friend who will hopefully be on a later episode but we hold each other accountable we pray together and i think that i can say that all three of us pray for like our future partners and i you can pray for your partner and nobody wants someone who's gonna be um to cheat on them or to not be the perfect person for them but like you have to remember like you can't control them Hmm. like god's preparing them for you and you would hope that he's preparing the perfect person for you like i think he's preparing the perfect person for all of us but Hmm you're not responsible for that person's actions. And I think sometimes it's hard because you do get scared. Like for me, it's like, I used to find people who were like my dad, which is terrible Mm. because that's what was comfortable for me. And I had to remind myself like, no, I really don't want someone like who has the same bad qualities that my dad has, but also like, I can't make decisions for that person. Like I can't change that person to be who I want them to be. So yeah, I'm proud of you though, for, for all of the hard work that you've been doing. So it's hard to tie our stories in like a pretty little bow Mm -hmm. when we're in the midst of them. And I think your story is one that you still have a lot of healing to do. And you said like, when I become a wife or a mom, there's probably going to be things that come up that will maybe affect that or things that you'll have to like, work through or reconcile but where are you now like in your story like you've been in counseling for some time you've had like a lot of reconciliation and and redemption with your parents and it sounds like 
and I know it doesn't sound like like I've seen like you're having a better relationship with your stepmom and you're like doing things to show her that like yeah it was hard right like this person came in and took your dad but like you have gone out of your way to make her a part of your family and show her that you love her even though it was hard to get there so where are you now in all of this yeah so i don't know no i'm just i don't know but i do know i think part of like one thing that i did this week and it's just about learning that person becoming you know closer with them but recognizing that the holidays can be stressful so this week i actually texted my whole family to say okay when are we getting together for the holidays even though it's october it feels crazy but that is like something that i can do proactively to be to not allow some of the stressful things that happen in my friendship that are in my relationships with my parents and in in our family that I can I can be proactive in doing to avoid some of that some of those hard things and then like with my mom it's setting boundaries um in my mind of I'm gonna do what I need to do or what I want to do and not in a loving and kind way and not not need to please her all of the time like i can be i can care for her and i can love her but i'm not responsible for her emotions and for her really um responses to me right boundaries Mm -hmm. so how would you encourage someone who is either beginning or in the middle of a restoration experience or maybe like they're like I've heard this story I've heard previous stories and like I know I need to do that like I need to shed the shame and walk into all of these things that God has for me like how would you encourage someone I think one recognizing that there maybe is shame there is pain and hurt in your life like first recognizing that and then going to someone to talk to maybe it's a close friend maybe it's a counselor maybe it's Colleen, somebody that you trust that you can talk to about and and just just share get these things off your chest that has been a huge part of mine just being able to talk about what i'm going through and why what i'm struggling with yeah i will say this sarah is i've said this previously in this episode is an Enneagram seven. I'm an Enneagram two. I want to fix everything when there's a problem. (laughs) But I think that I'm proud of you most because an Enneagram seven, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, they don't like feelings. They're just like the fun person. Like they're Mm -hmm. the person that throws all the parties and brings all the snacks for movie night and (laughs) picks out all the fun games to play. And so they don't love to sit in their feelings, but something that I feel like you have allowed me to do, which I appreciate, is to hold you accountable in your feelings and pull them out of you. And we have had some hard conversations on my kitchen table because of that, but Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Are there any or are there any or one particular scripture that you cling tight to in your restoration experience? One thing that i have been like god's really been teaching me is his faithfulness and i'm really bad at like the references but the scripture that says 
God is the same yesterday, today, and forever is something that has been, uh, I've been reminded of again and again and again, that God is here now. He was here before, and he's going to be here in the future. And he, and he knows where we're going in the future. And that just brings me so much comfort. Yeah. I love that scripture. I love being reminded that God is consistent mm-hmm. and, you know, as a child, like in, in, in my story, I share like food was the most consistent thing in my life that wasn't hurting me, but that's before I knew who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And now I know that Jesus was consistent in my life, even when I didn't know him. And like, if there is one thing that I'm sure of, it's the consistency of Christ in my life. And in the good, the bad, the ugly, and the messy, he's still good. Mm. That's hard, right? Yeah. To think that, like, yeah. he's still good. <clears throat> I look outside my door and I see the things that are happening in a neighborhood that I've chosen to love and that God's planted me in. And I'm like, you're still good. I don't know how you're still good, but you're still good. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what's God doing in your life right now? Because there are some fun stuff you're working on. Yeah, so as part of God, you know, breaking my heart for the city, I've really developed this dream and this idea to have a house for women who are moving or are looking to get connected to the local church. I think that is really hard when you live in a big city to um, to really be able to connect and get in, get involved with with your community. And I think that's really important, whether you're here for two years, six months, whatever. And so um, I I would love a house that is where we have meals together, where we study the Bible together and we serve together. That's kind of my, what I'm, what I'm going forward with working towards. I'm so excited for you. And I think that Sarah is ending this on a good note and it's a place where I can remind you that when you're in the middle of your restoration experience, community is the best thing that you can possibly have because it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to walk away from the comfort we find in shame and run into the uncomfortableness that is all of the things that the Lord has for you. Because right when you're like living in your shame, like you don't even realize how comfortable you've gotten there until you're running far from it. So Sarah, thank you so much. I will say this a hundred times over. As your friend and someone who loves you, I really am proud of how you're allowing God to write your story. And I'm so excited for your discipleship house. Yay. Thank you. This is so good. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me on the Restoration Experience Podcast. Friends, thank you for joining me for today's episode. I am so excited about Sarah's story. I am so excited about the hard work that she has done. Her story is such a reminder that it doesn't matter what our story is. There's always a restoration experience to be had. And I am just so excited that I get to be a part of her life and a front row dweller to what God is doing in her life and I cannot wait to watch the rest of her story and her restoration experience unfold. You can find her on Instagram at InsaneWall. I will put that in the show notes if you'd like to follow her. She is so much fun and you might learn some things about crafting along the way. 
Also, I just wanted to remind you that our theme verse around here is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. There is nothing more that God desires for you than for you to shed the shame that the world is pinning on you and run fast, hard, and bold into the freedom, grace, redemption, and victory that he has for you. And I want to help you do that. So you can find me all over social media at Colleen Samantha, which you will also see in the show notes down below. And I would love to just schedule a discovery call with you and see how we can work together so you can begin your own restoration experience. I will see you next week. I can't wait.